Good word and song. Amen? Amen. Amen. I invite you to take your copy of the Bible that you have brought with you today and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 10. The Gospel of Matthew chapter number 10. And I want to say it is good to see you. And as we look ahead into what God is desirous to do with each of us and us together, we pray that he'll speak clearly to our hearts today and show us some things from his word that we would grow in grace and the knowledge of him and uh, be prepared for the journey that he's called us uh, to walk and be able to say as we had just lifted up in song i'll go wherever you want me to go for your glory to be spent for the glory of god how many of you normally uh, take the time and think about the upcoming year and New Year's resolutions and that kind of thing. How many of you done that before where you make New Year's? How many of you made New Year's resolutions you're going to lose weight? Now, some of you out here don't never had no problem with your weight. And for the rest of us, it's a struggle, isn't it? How many of you said, I'm going to get in shape? I mean, you went out and bought you a piece of workout equipment or you got yourself a well you can't just go to a gym out here anywhere can you who was that somebody was talking about the other day ought to just get a little a little workout place out here a little gym out greg was saying that a little workout place out here so uh we'll have a place to work out in and, and uh getting safe but how many of you ever made those type of commitments and i tell you before january is in you done quit davin said within the first week Said you're going to eat more healthy. You're going to exercise and walk and run and do whatever it takes. I'll, I'll, we, we've, everybody's done those types of things. And, and you, we, we get into it and before long we realize that we like what, uh, as, as Bill said and, and also Brother Shannon, back to uh, what normal is. We get back to our normal routines, don't we? And when we do, we normally have this sense of uh, failure with us. We get down on ourselves. I mean, we, we are our worst enemy. I don't know if you realize that or not. But we, you are your worst enemy. Our old flesh battles with us and, and always tricking us and deceiving us and infiltrating our minds. And, and we, we sometimes think more highly of ourselves than we should. And more than that, we often think more lowly of ourselves. But I want to tell you, that what we, what we need more than anything is a clear revelation from God. The Bible teaches us that when we have an expectation of a thing and it seems to get prolonged or delayed or deferred in whatever way, it is inevitable that it's going to create depression, discouragement in your life. And we often set ourselves up for failure i'm going to be a better student i'm going to study more diligently i'm going to pay more attention in class i'm going to start going to bed earlier and rising uh up earlier I, I'm, I'm going to be a disciplined person and all those things eating healthy being a better student being more diligent to prepare for the house of god whether it be through sunday school or or the the preparing to worship and the preaching of the word, uh, eating better, exercising uh, more effectively, whatever it may be. There's nothing wrong with any of those. 
But oftentimes we set out on these journeys to accomplish and do these things on our own. Now what I mean that is that they are noble and they are good things and they are beneficial for us and those who surround us, but we do it out of our own initiative because we feel like it would be the best thing for us to do but we often get in the midst of it in the very beginning phases of it. We really don't like what we're doing because we're all creatures of habit and we find ourselves just giving up in it. And when we give up in it, then we beat ourselves up about it because we're not actually walking by faith. We're walking by what we know and see in this world that we live in. And the scripture says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire, which is that expectation, that hope comes, it's a tree of life. And the scripture says that he who does a thing that is not of faith, it's not of faith, it's not rooted in faith, it is sin. So when we set out to do something that we have not been led of the Lord to do, and remember, faith only cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by. That means we've heard from the Lord. He is the one who's initiated this in my life. He's the one who's invited me to join him in a thing. I've heard from him. I have believed him. And I am stepping out in faith, walking with him. He says, if that's not the case, any and everything else that we do apart from his initiation, his involvement, his leadership in our life is sin because it's rooted and done of the natural man in his flesh, even though it's good, even though it's noble, even though you see somebody else being led of faith to do what they're doing and you want to do what they're doing, but God hadn't led you to do what they're doing. If you do what they're doing, all you're doing is sinning before the Lord. God wants to get us to a place where we actually live by faith. That we live, we walk by faith. We live filled with the Spirit of God and therefore we are hearing from Him, walking with Him, led by Him and guided in every way in life because we have spent intimate time with Him. We've heard Him, we're in fellowship with Him, we're walking with Him accomplishing what he sent us forth to do and when we do that no matter what we encounter no matter what we go through when we walk by faith we're not letting what we see govern or dictate the actions in my life i'm letting god establish things in me and settle me and put me on a course in life that can only be to the praise of his glory but when i step out on my own and I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to accomplish this and I want to accomplish that. I rarely ever get it accomplished and I'm sinning the whole while that I'm doing it and I wind up getting myself in a position where I get discouraged and down about it. And then I start focusing on me and not on him. And anytime you're focusing on me and not on him, you're in trouble. You're headed down the wrong path. And praise God, we find a, a, a passage in the Word of God, a situation, a circumstance, a time that we have such a great example of how His people were led to live for Him and He being the initiator, the one who, who actually led in every dynamic of it. 
And what I what I want to pull out of this, and I pray that I can effectively communicate it the way that I that I, I sense I've been shown of the Lord by it to give it away to you, that God would speak to us and, and help us. So we're going to pray, ask God to speak to us from his word this morning and, and, and use me to communicate what he's shown unto me. So you pray with me. Father, we thank you today, first and foremost, for being, Lord, who you are. Your first undescribable, we can't describe you with our tongue outside of what you have revealed to us about yourself. And as our Father, we know that you are our protector. You provide for us. You desire your best for us. And you proved that and demonstrated that and settled that when you gave us your Son while we were yet sinners. Lord, you have proven to us that we don't have to perform for you. You have you have done what we couldn't do. And you desire to do what we can't do in and through our lives. So we want to come before you today and rejoice in your presence because we can enter into your throne room of grace because of your son's shed blood. And we rejoice before you, asking you, Lord. We know that we will utterly fail in life. We know that we will miss the mark every time. We know that, that there is a way in us that is opposed to the things of God. But you who live in us are greater than that which is in the world. And you, you by your spirit, have chosen to come and take up residence within us. And you have given us a revelation of yourself and the way of righteousness through Christ in your word. And we ask you to speak to us. We're asking for uh, just a, a, a fresh start on this day, for it's the only day we have. It's the only time we have. And right now we want to be found in a position that blesses your name. So give us minds to hear and to respond and act on your word today, a passion within us to be diligent and determined followers of you. And, Lord, we asking you to just take over our life, that we can say wherever you lead, we'll go. And we want to do it for your praise and your glory. So speak to us out of your living book this morning. Manifest the anointing on each of our lives, me to preach and teach the word and your people to be able to hear and receive and then act on what you give us. And, Lord, we know in the end it is our aim to prove what is your perfect, what is your good, and what is your acceptable will, that you may be glorified. So thank you. Help us now. We want to walk by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. Let's begin in verse number 1 of chapter number 10. The scripture says, And when he had called unto him, that is saying unto himself, his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, 
Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labaius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not in the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. And may God add a blessing to the reading and keeping of his perfect word. You may be seated. There are just a few things that, that I want to uh, point out for us, and, and I see this as, a, as something that I, I, I just envision, that I sense from the Lord for us as a, as a congregation, as a, as a people of just some simple things that would uh, be something that we could look into, look toward and see what God is doing in our life right now that we find in this passage of Scripture and throughout the, the Word of God just some simple things that, that we want to, to, to practice as a daily lifestyle and let God take care of the rest that we have in life. What we find in this passage historically at this time, Jesus is teaching his disciples, people are, are flocking to him, multitudes are coming to him. And the Bible tells us that he went up into a mountain and he called unto himself those who he would or those whom he desired to be with him. Those who would walk with him, those who would talk with him, those who would fellowship with him. He called them unto himself. Matter of fact, hold your spot right there and go to Mark chapter 3. Mark describes this in such a, a, an intimate, personal way that the other Gospels do not illustrate it in this way. But look, if you would, in Mark chapter 3. Look in verse number 13. We've talked about this verse already in, in the past, within the past year. It's something that I want to continue to, to bring up over time and, and see what God's going to bring about through it. But in verse number 13 of Mark chapter 3, it says, And he goeth up into a mountain, and he called unto him whom he would. The word would there is whom he uh, desired. And they came unto him, and he ordained. Notice what he ordained. And he ordained 12 that they should be what? that they should be with him. And not that they should just be with him, but this ordination that he placed with on them, this blessing that he bestowed upon them, that they should be with him and that they may that he might send them forth to preach. But I want you to notice that that he ordained that they be with him and it is being with him that they were able to go forth and preach. 
we often try to do things apart from him. And the key to living the life of Christ is one, dying to who we are, that we can say, as the Apostle Paul would say, in faith that it is no longer I who live, but Christ Jesus who lives in me. Amen? He said, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. But we find in this passage that he called those whom he desired to be with him. And isn't that a blessing to know that the Lord Jesus, the God of heaven and earth, the one who all authority has been granted unto him, the one who laid his life upon the cross of Calvary and spilt his blood as the Lamb of God, as our redemption, as our pardon giver as our justifier the one who rose from the grave and went into the holies of holies and sprinkled his own blood upon the mercy seat of god as our high priest whoever lives to make intercession with us has a desire to draw people in and invite them to be with him that is an invitation for us to seek him amen to seek him to seek him we see that he, he, he invites them to come with him. And, and I believe that if we are going to accomplish the mission that God has given us to fulfill, you as an individual in your life, you've got to seek the Lord. And I'm not talking about just seeking him at times in your life. It must be for you and must be for me a priority in my life. A principle of priority. Matthew's already illustrated it in Matthew 6. When Jesus was teaching, he says, Look, why are you worrying about this and why are you anxious about that? Why are you tearing your mind apart and creating spiritual torture for yourself? Won't you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? God knows what you need. He'll take care of you. Why are you concerned? We're so concerned about what we're going to eat, where we're going to sleep, and what we're going to clothe ourselves with. We, it, because we make it about us, don't we? But seeking first the kingdom of God is not making it about us. It's making it all about Him. It's a God-Christ-centered life and not a man-centered about-me life. It's about Him. And when we seek Him, He says He'll take everything else. He'll take care of everything else in our life. So I foresee a vision for me and I believe for you as well and for us corporately that we need to be a people who are known to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The idea of the kingdom of God speaks of the righteous reign of God over our life. That we seek him because he reigns over us. We seek him because he's the God of us. We seek him because he is our king and he is our deliverer. He is our provider and protector. He knows where we're headed. He knows where we've been and he still invites us to seek him. Amen. You know where you've been. You know what you've thought. You know how you've lived and the way that you've acted. And you know how you have mocked him and blasphemed his name. Haven't you blasphemed his name this week? How many people you went by this week and passing out and about in this season that we live in and, and didn't even have a hint, didn't even have a thought of sharing with them exactly the whole heart and the reason for what Christ has come to accomplish upon the cross? How many of you did that? 
Raise both hands. Amen. You know why? Because we, we, we got so caught up in what we were doing. We had to go get this and we had to go get that and we had to get back to the house and we had to cook this and we had to wrap that and we had to buy this and we had to do that and we got so caught up in us even though we felt like we were serving other people we failed to really seek the face of God. You know how it is when you have family and friends that surround you and it gets real busy we've already said it we're looking forward to getting back to what normal why because some of the first things you neglect is that time you seek the face of god in the morning because there's everything else that has to be done and we wind up doing all that we've done and we do it year after year day after day and there's no victorious triumphal manifestation of the miraculous power of God upon our lives because he's the first thing and the easiest thing we find to neglect. But we must be a people if we're going to accomplish anything for his glory, a people who seek first the righteous reign of the kingdom of God over our life and his righteousness. That is saying the reign and the ways of God over our life. We seek in God. We want you to take control over us. He invited these disciples to himself so that they would be with him, spend time with him, so that they could go for him as his representatives upon this earth. We can't go for him and accomplish what he set us apart unless we what? Spend time with him. Amen? So we've got to seek him. Let's write that down. We, we have to seek Miss Lorraine did this for us in the men's Sunday school class. And I couldn't erase, I couldn't get rid of the rest of it, Brother Ralph. So I just erased, she had men's Sunday school class up here. Because you can't look at that. His mercies are what? New every morning. Praise the Lord. That's worthy of a shout. Because I fouled up yesterday, but when the sun rises today, his mercies are new. Therefore, I can seek him. Amen. No matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, no matter what I did yesterday, whether I mocked him, blasphemed him, ridiculed him, and did nothing for him, the mercies of God are new every morning. And therefore, the first thing that I, I can seek him because his mercies are new every day. But don't we worship a good God? Amen. A gracious God. So the first thing we need to see is that we need to seek him not just things about him because he'll reveal himself to us amen there's no one greater in the earth or in heaven that is able to reveal himself to anybody it's god normally when we try to unveil ourselves to people we kind of put a little facade on are you with me you know we'll grow a beard or or a goatee or let our hair out or put our clothes on we really don't want people to see us for who we really are and everybody said now, some of us don't have no problem. We just as open. You, you know me like you. I'm going to reveal myself to you. But if we would all be honest, there are certain things about us that we really don't want everybody to know. And everybody said? Amen. Because if they knew it, they wouldn't like me as much as they do. But you know what God does to us? He, he unveils himself to us, doesn't he? He can reveal himself. And matter of fact, you won't know him unless he reveals himself to you. 
So we, we, we want to live to seek him. And when we seek him, Greg, what he does then is he makes himself known to us. He unveils his ways to us and he unveils what he desires for us to do out of life. But we've got to be a, a, a group of people. We have to be an individual, Mr. Norman, that seeks the Lord as a priority in our lives. Not as a byproduct of my Christian growth, but as the principle of priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It has to be the priority. And now how many of you have gotten along thus far without doing that? We've done just that, gotten along. That's all we've done, haven't we? Look like everybody else. Act like everybody else. We just blend in with the world around us. We surely don't look like Acts chapter uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and 6, and 7, and 8 when the believers that sought first the kingdom of God, that walked in the power of God, what did they do with the world they lived in? They turned it upside down, didn't they? We've gotten so commonplace in the things that we do, and we try to deal with the symptoms, and we never get to the root issue, the root problem. The problem is, is we don't seek him. If we sought him the way we are called on by him and invited to him, the door is open unto him to seek him. The, the, the way that we live would be totally different. I really believe that. The impact we would have would be significantly greater. The people for whom we would touch and reach and minister to would be significantly broader. And our vision of the future of what God is doing would be continually brighter from day to day. But this is what we do. We put everything about us. How much weight we're going to lose. How much money we're going to make what we're going to do for this one and what we're going to do for that one. No matter how much we attempt to serve, if we don't seek first the kingdom of God, we're really not serving anybody. We're still making it about ourselves, And we just, we have to guard ourselves from that. Why? Because we're naturally prone people to try to preserve self and take care of us. Amen? I mean, how many of us would walk in this place? Just think about it. And wouldn't you say, Brother Nick, well, we at church, we're coming. We need to give the Lord our best. I mean, we need to slap on the makeup women and we need to comb our hair and brush our teeth and put on our clothes. But how many of us wouldn't mind at all? Ladies, just coming over here and doing no fix up whatsoever and gathering together. So you wouldn't want me to do that. How do you know? You see, I'm not. I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do, how to dress or not how to dress. I'm just encouraging you to seek the Lord and let him guide you in what he would have you to do. Amen? Amen. What he would have you to where you think God wants us, he wants to be that intimate in life on what we wear. He gives us instructions on what to wear, doesn't he, and what not to wear, how to clothe ourselves and not how to be unclothed. It's so it, it, it's not what our culture most thinks about how we'd appear or look or not look. What would God have for me? What does he want me to do? When does he want me to eat and not eat rather than letting my 
stomach governed? How many of your stomach governs you when you eat? How many of you get hungry about 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock and ready to eat around noon or whatever it may be? That old stomach. How many stomach? I hear y'all stomach rumbling in here on Sundays. Some of y'all got bellies that growl. They don't just, oh, man, they growl. Especially if I talk about food. You see, when we start talking about food and talking about all that we, now some of us right now, we've eaten so much, we really don't want to hear a lot about food. I heard Pam say that, I don't want to hear another word about food. I'm going healthy, she said. I don't want no chocolate. You see, we start talking about food, our old mind goes to work and our mind begins to control it and our stomachs start to rumble, huh? But Jesus said, look, you seek me and I'll transform your mind. I'll renew your mind that you can be as, as we should be crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Because remember when his disciples got real hungry that day and they was ready to eat. And they said, come on, let's go eat. And we need to go on into town and get us some bread to eat. And Jesus said, my bread is, is to do the will of my father. I don't have to eat. Jesus went out in the wilderness for 40 days and fasted and was tempted of the devil for 40 days and didn't eat nor drink for 40 days because food wasn't a priority in his life. The priority in his life was to seek first his father and whatever his father unveiled to him, that's what he did. Amen? Well, you see, when we're crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but we're being conformed to the image of Christ guess what? We start to live that way as well. And boy, that'd be a change for us all, wouldn't it? It sure would. It'd be a change for us all. But we have an open invitation to seek Him. Seek first the kingdom of God. Well, number two, it's in seeking first the kingdom of God that we then are enabled to keep. Just write that down, to keep. To seek and to keep. To keep. Keep what? Keep to the course. To keep to the course. Notice what our passage says. He invited them to come to him. He wanted them with him. Verse number 1 of chapter 10 says that, and when he had called unto himself his 12 disciples, he gave them what? Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 1. He gave them what? Power. Or some of your translations that you have would say authority. He gave them power. Authority. What was this power and authority over in Mark's gospel? Remember, he ordained them to be with them that they were to go what? Preach. And when they preached, they would heal and they would touch people's lives. But the whole point is, is that these 12 disciples were given a specific course to live. The other disciples that were following Jesus, that were listening to Jesus, that was not invited in to be with him, they had a course that God would unveil to them too, but not the same course as these apostles. These apostles each had their own course to run. 
But it's in seeking Him that He unveils what? The course to keep. Most of us don't know the course God's given us. And the reason is it goes back not to fix the symptom but the problem. What's the problem? We're not seeking Him. You can't keep something you don't know. So it's in seeking Him and being in His presence that He then grants unto us the course that we're to run. Well, what was their particular course? Look, look down, if you would. What, what were they to do? He gave them power uh, to use it for themselves. Is that what it says? He gave them power to make money for themselves. Is that what He said? He gave them power for what? To un to to over unclean spirits, for what purpose? Why were they to have power of the unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease? Go down if you would to verse number five. These twelve Jesus sent forth, and he commanded them, saying, "Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not." But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But Matthew's gospel later tells us that Jesus told that these same twelve, minus Judas Iscariot, he said that all power and authority has been granted unto me in heaven. Go preach the gospel, the good news to who? Where do you start? Jerusalem, then where? Judea, then where? Samaria, and then where? The rest of the world. Do you see that this course that he gave them right here, this course changed over time, didn't it? How do I know how that course is changing with me? It's because I'm what? Seeking him. I'm fellowshipping with him. Foundational foundational principles that would help us accomplish the vision that God has for us individually, that God has for us as a family and corporately as a church, as an assembly, as a fellowship of believers who have been given the, the duty and the great privilege of living the crucified life being one who has been called to live out as salt and light in this world we live in, the life of Christ. A life that we can't live independent of ourselves, that only Christ can live in and through us, but a life that is it's just, it's just, it's simple as of seeking, keeping, and reaching people and helping them do that very same thing, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness was Jesus as he went up on the mountain, as he called the 12 apostles unto himself. The scripture says he, he called those for whom he would, whom he desired to be with him. And he appointed, he ordained that they be with him. And that as they were with him, that ordination of them being with them, that he would send them out to preach. And in sending them out to preach, that they would have power not only to preach the word but power and authority over the demonic forces and over sickness and over disease and over afflictions and troubles and that they through the 
the life of Christ through the power of the Spirit of God and by living by faith as they sought the Lord, as they kept the course that he gave them, they would reach people for his glory. That's not difficult at all. It's, it's simple. We see it outlined throughout the word of God. But what a reward that it is that we can come unto him. As he says, come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, I shall give you rest. He'll give us rest for our souls. And we as overcomers and more than conquerors can overcome the circumstances in our life through Christ Jesus.